Hi, this is Chad Dull. Welcome to my Poverty Informed Podcast. Last November, the day after what would have been my mom's birthday, um, in my effort to kind of understand poverty and how to help people work their way out of the crisis of poverty, uh, my mom is a big figure in my uh, memory and in my thinking. Uh, she was a remarkable lady in a lot of ways, uh, and I learned a lot from her. And so I was obviously, this was the, the day after her birthday, as you'll hear when I read it, um, and I was thinking a lot about her. I've been thinking quite a bit about her actually this fall too. It's uh, I don't care what age you are, losing a parent is never easy. And uh, anyway, as I've made this transition to my new job, it's uh, alternately fun and sad to think about uh, how proud she might have been. So this week I'd like to share an article I wrote in November of 2018 called Poverty Informed Practice in Higher Education, Lessons from My Mom. My mom's name was Dawn Simonson, and November 9th would have been her 67th birthday. Unfortunately, she got lung cancer in 2012, and we lost her in the summer of 2016, so she isn't here to celebrate. But as I was pondering what I wanted to write about this week, about our evolution toward poverty-informed practice, it made me think about her and the lessons she imparted, many of which she probably wasn't aware of. Like many parents, her impact was more in what I observed than what she told me, but we did have spirited discussions as well. I was able to make a presentation last Friday on poverty-informed practice, and I closed by calling it my life's work, which I've called it ever since. Thinking about my mom has made the fact that it's my life's work even clearer. Let me try to explain. One of the basic tenets of a poverty-informed approach, at least according to me, is the fact that people bring their entire selves to the educational enterprise. That means they are complicated and lead rich, full lives that may support or hinder their pursuit of their dreams. My mom was a very complex individual. She was a bride and a mother at age 18. She had two kids and was divorced by her early 20s. She eventually worked her way through multiple college degrees to have a couple of high-impact careers. She was a well-respected nonprofit executive who also struggled with addiction most of her adult life. She ran a business on the side counseling people convicted of domestic abuse after escaping a pretty nasty second marriage. Poverty-informed practice requires a belief in people regardless of their background. When my parents divorced, we went from poor to really poor for a few years. It would have been easy to give up on my mom and write her off, but she wouldn't let that happen. My vision of poverty-informed practice says we don't give up on people, and we don't require my mother's heroism to get what you need. That last part drives some people nuts, by the way. It is amazing how virtuous we require people in poverty to be to deserve help. I also believe help must be normalized and destigmatized. I learned this from my mom too, but in a circuitous way. About the same time as my parents divorced, well, shortly after that, mom made the decision to go back to college. 
She was working at the time at a nonprofit she'd helped found and would eventually become the senior vice president at, although she came and went a couple of times. But after dropping out of college to help my dad finish, uh, he didn't that time, but that's another story, she knew her options would be limited without a college degree. So she went back in the 1970s in a world that didn't really understand non-traditional single moms and certainly wasn't set up to accommodate them. My mom was an original, real college student, I realize now. Anyway, she needed help, and she got some. Although she continued to work, full-time most of the time, money was short, and I could draw you a picture today of the food stamps we used for a year or so. But to the day she died, my mom denied that we ever used government assistance to get by even though I know what government cheese is and I can distinctly remember the brightly colored stamps we took to the grocery store. That's the power of shame. One of the reasons we provide food for anyone in my department is I cannot abide the kind of shame that would cause my own mother to not remember the help that worked so well for us. She was actually a role model for how helping programs work and the stigma wouldn't allow her to even remember that they did. I remember a picture of my mom and her big brothers on the day she got that bachelor's degree that she worked so hard for, with help. I think I was 10 at the time. We don't require success to be linear. In fact, we expect that it won't be. While my mom had great successes, I've alluded to the great troubles she had too. A couple of failed marriages that required starting over financially at least twice, Although, to be frank, I'm not sure the first one required too much starting over since she and Dad had next to nothing anyway. She struggled with alcoholism, and she struggled leading as a woman in an era that was only beginning to accept women in leadership. These were just a few of the things she dealt with. Later in her life, she had one of her two sons struggling with a serious case of failure to launch. I, I still feel bad about that. And at age 60, she was diagnosed with lung cancer. If she, or the world, had made a final reckoning of her worth at one of those low moments, or one of mine for that matter, who knows where the story ends. Instead, my mom just kept moving forward, and eventually times got better. I have a picture of one of her best moments, a family trip with my brother, his family, and my family to Disney World in 2012, shortly before she was diagnosed. It's a great picture uh, with all of her grandkids. What if we approached our students with the assumption that we were at the beginning of their upswing? And when they struggle, we know that it's temporary. What if we acknowledged that sometimes people just need more to get back on track, back on track, and that is not the same as failure or not wanting it bad enough? Someday I'll tell you more about the resistance my little movement meets. The most common objection is, why would we treat students from poverty different than any other student? Well, my radical answer is that it's reparations for a lifetime of getting less than others. But a simpler answer is that we try to give people what they need. One of my heroes, Dr. Donna Beagle, shares often that without poverty-informed supports, the odds of success for a student in the crisis of generational poverty is 11%. My principles say we can't live with that. People get what they need within our ability to give it to them. 
We had a service for my mom on July 12, 2016. It was a remarkable day, really, and though losing a parent is never easy, it was amazing to hear from people for hours about the impact my complex, formidable, flawed, and imperfectly human mother had on their lives. I got to hear how all those things that knocked her off track inspired her to make a difference. The nonprofit she helped lead served individuals with developmental disabilities, and that started when she was a kid watching a little girl get mistreated on the bus. I also had conversations and got messages from so many women who said my mom was their mentor as a leader and tried to pave the way for them in ways she probably wasn't helped. And so many people came up and told me they knew my mom from the recovery community and how much she had meant to them. I knew mom's recovery journey had certainly been neither linear nor smooth, so that one surprised me. And when I got up to give her eulogy, I said a line I had not planned. I said that part of my mom's legacy was the idea that if you can help, you should. And in fact, maybe you are required to. That sounds suspiciously close to our poverty-informed mantra, every barrier that can be removed should be removed. And my mother's commitment to mentoring feels like the relationship building we know is crucial to helping people move from poverty. So when I say this is my life's work, I know exactly where it came from. Thanks, Mom.